in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Well, uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Dr. Batar, where is he? Where is he? Zubernon, have you heard? Have you seen him anywhere? <laughs> doctor, doctor. Uh, you know, I, I I ran down the hall, thought he might have been in the break room. I didn't see him there, and his car's not parked out in front, so I don't think he's here. You know what? Ty Bollinger is going to have a field day when he learns about this. <laughs> doctor Batar. Uh, what? How, how do they? How do they like uh, page doctors when you hear that? Doctor Batar, emergency room. Batar. It's Advanced Batar. Medicine Monday. Hello. Well, anyway, yeah. we're going to continue on oh, until uh, they can find him. <laughs> He's probably. <laughs> I, I know he told me he had a heavy patient load right before the holidays. Uh, so uh, yeah. you know, Tom, every once yeah. in a while, just reach out and try to touch him. Uh, maybe do we have one of those? What are those paddles that you can get an electrical jolt from? Not a taser. The jump starts what? your heart. Electric fly swatter. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If he's out okay. on the farm. I, I, you know. Or maybe like a like a, a cattle prod or something. Something. Right? Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway. Hey, anyway, listen. No right. matter what, sure we'll carry on. The show must go on. And, Dr. Batar, if, right. if we hope to hear from you sometime this hour. Never happened before. Actually, sometimes he's been 24 hours delayed, but then I know in advance Uh, So we'll figure it out. Hey, the big story, and one of the big stories of the year we mentioned last hour was the whole Mm -hmm. kidnap the kids, take them over, take them away so that we can keep them in the hospital for 10 months or more, and then Bill Bill is, oh, no, Dr. Batar is in? (gasps) Dr. Batar! There he is. (laughs) I was just I was just saying, Dr. Batar, I was just saying, Ty Bollinger is going to have a field day when he finds out how late you were. I didn't know whether that person yelling in the background was Ty or not. No, that's Super Don. No, that's, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, man, so good good to have you on board because I got a lot of things to ask. I sent you some, uh, some uh, stories that we were going to cover. One particular is this big thing out of Boston Children's Hospital, Dr. Batar, where they have, you know, the, the, the guys at Johns Hopkins or Tufts or wherever they were up, I think it was Tufts, initially said it was a mitochondrial disease. This girl was suffering a lot of pain, a lot of things. They were treating her for all of these things, of course, with drugs. Then they take her as an emergency to Boston Children's from Connecticut to Boston. And the doctors there said, no, we don't agree it's mitochondrial. It's a somatoform disorder, which the, it's a fancy way of saying it's psychosomatic. It's real, but it's all in her head. Let's give her psychiatric drugs. Ten months now later, the state is, is granted custody to itself so that this child cannot even be removed from this hospital. Yeah, I mean, this is a pattern that's developing more and more, Robert. It's, it's just unbelievable that they will end up trying to uh, – essentially confiscate these kids from the parents. You know, this whole issue of mitochondrial dysfunction and autism, there have been a couple of cases that uh, were settled behind, I guess they were like, what do they call them, hidden settlements or whatever, where yes. the patient, uh, parents brought the cases against uh, uh, manufacturers of vaccines and under they came underneath the umbrella of the autism injury or the developmental delay aspect first, but then they were diagnosed with a mitochondrial deficiency and they were able to get large settlements. 
but this mitochondrial deficiency aspect is not that unique that people tend to think it's a very, very rare thing. Well, in fact, it's very common. In fact, the mechanism of damage from the heavy metals of the persistent organic pollutants, especially from the mercury, is mitochondrial dysfunction. It causes a deregulation in the various components of the of the metabolic processes that are necessary for the mitochondria to function. But as you know very well, we've talked about this in past shows, mm-hmm. the displacement of some of these essential minerals that act as enzymatic cofactors for the mitochondria to work correctly, they, the, the metals displace those minerals, so those minerals are no longer there. Those minerals, those rare trace elements, some of them are not even so rare. For example, selenium, for example, magnesium, right. some of these components are so essential for the mitochondria to function, all of a sudden the mitochondria doesn't function because the metals have displaced these essential minerals, and so now they call it this rare mitochondrial dysfunction disease, and it has nothing to do with the rare mitochondrial dysfunction. It's just that you've taken out the raw products the mitochondria needs to function, and so it doesn't function, and now they call it a mitochondrial dysfunction. And now you're going to use those pretenses and other aspects just to try to take children away from parents. But how, how do they recategorize it? For instance, let's say Tufts calls it a mitochondrial dysfunction or disorder of some kind. And then they go to Boston Children's, and their doctors there say, no, 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 we disagree, and we're not even going to listen to the docs from Tufts. We're going to shut you down. We're going to take your child, and we believe it's a somatoform disorder, which is really bizarre, and we've been covering it for a while. But the thing is they say it's a psychiatric now disease, and they're treating her with probably SSRIs and holding her uh, for forever, seemingly. Robert, if you wanted to accomplish a specific task and you had a bunch of uh, possibilities of how to accomplish that task, would you not take the one solution that would give you the most amount of power with the least amount of uh, obstruction or least amount of obstacles in your way? Yeah, I mean, I, but it seems like the hospital has gotten really good at utilizing the state child protective services to grab these kids and I don't know. Anybody could. There's probably going to be a, a million dollar plus bill after ten months in the hospital. Well, that's my whole point. That they they decided to ignore what the doctors are saying at Tufts, and they went with the psychiatric illness because they can define what the illness is. They can create it. DSM four essentially. I mean, autism is considered a psychiatric illness. It's not even considered a physiological, medical toxicity problem. It's considered a psychiatric illness. And you and I both know autism has nothing to do with psychiatric illness. Mm-hmm. So the psychiatric illnesses are much more prone to deciphering and to interpretation based upon whoever's interpreting it, as opposed to a real hard... I mean, you can't say that uh, a bullet wound in the chest is an infection, because there's a bullet entry, there's an exit, there's you know, a certain thing. You can't argue with that. But a DSM-4 criteria for a psychiatric illness, you can define it whatever you want, as whatever you want. So that's why they're they're going to ignore the docs because their agenda has nothing to do with getting the child better. The agenda is to enforce more of this uh, process of taking over, as they already have taken over our foods, taken over our mm-hmm. medicines. Do I sound like a conspiracy theorist here? No, you're a realist, as, as there ever I'm was one, Dr. Batar. You know, and you know, the thing is about its mandates and its force and it's kidnapping, and it's theft. It's all of these things that are abuse of power, abuse of authority that are coming into play, whether it be Obamacare, which says it's a mandate, you must participate, or whether it be in this case, you don't have a choice to take your child anywhere else because we've got the state's power to take your children away from you, and then we do whatever the heck we want. Yeah, the future of what's coming, I had a very interesting conversation, and maybe we should talk about this off the air first before we start talking about it on the air, Robert, but a conversation I had just this past weekend uh, was talking about how the history 
during the French Revolution, the history of what happened in France and the socialistic uh, slant that took that initiated as a socialistic stamp and then mm. took off from there, how it's being almost lock, stock, and barrel followed right down the course of American history. It's almost identical. And, uh, you know, the, it starts with these erosions of c- certain civil liberties, as we've seen, mm-hmm. for example, the TSA aspect and how we go through TSA. And I know how Ty will refuse to go through, you know, fly, and uh, you are reluctant to fly because that was the family. I actually look at it as an opportunity to get a free massage whenever I go. <laughs> and a prostate exam, look out. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, they haven't gone that far yet, but, you know, I figured, hey, okay, as long as you guys know what you're checking for in the prostate, that's fine, too, you know. I, mean, <laughs> I, I kind of take it from a different angle that way, you know. The the point is, though, these are small, small little liberties that are taken and they are really part and parcel of the process of indoctrination so the people start getting used to these small things being taken away, and then slowly they'll get bigger and bigger and bigger until we can't leave the country and we can't do certain things. And, and you know, it's uh, corporal punishment is accepted for not taking a vaccine. For example, if you don't take a vaccine, you're... Uh, going to end up being subjugated to corporal punishment, or whatever the case may be. I mean, is it going to get to that extreme? Well, let's hope not. I think the consciousness, as we've talked about before, the collective consciousness is evolving, and, and the evolution of it and how fast it's, it's changing, it's pretty invigorating. It's just exciting to see how fast things are changing. But yet, at the same time, the beast on the opposite end is also getting more extreme in its, in its uh, behavior. So I think there will eventually be some type of a clash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the manifestation of the clash, how it will be and what it will manifest as, we don't but know. It's, but it's, it, it's uh, interesting how, Dr. Pichar, that modern medicine has been used as a, a prime way of, let's say, relieving a family of the burden of the, having their own child and caring for their own child in this case, for the purposes of billing for something that nobody in their right mind would approve of. You know, turning a a, a genuine toxicological disease in a child that has been vaccinated into a psychiatric disorder that never ends. Yeah, and again, it would be interesting to see the socioeconomic basis of the parents that have this child and see if they were, you know, is it it a child that uh, in a situation where the parents couldn't afford to fight the system or, you know, did they... Did you know about that background? Because I don't. Know uh, yeah, I think I think they had no earthly idea into what they were walking. I mean, that seems to be yeah. the background on this one that they were caught completely off guard. And even now, with the legal help that they have, the judges just rule. In fact, we've got some audio clips we might be able to play next segment about what's happened lately. But the judges basically, you know, kept kept it going. In other words, we're not granting the the custody to be returned to the parents. They're claiming that they were medically neglectful. I mean, for what? For seeking a second opinion, for responding to an emergency situation with their daughter, to bring them to a hospital? That's neglectful? And then to insist that, hey, the Tufts docs are already treating our child and you want to turn it into a psychiatric disorder. Who's irresponsible? We're up on a break, Dr. Batar. Hold on here. We're going to be coming right back. We're going to get Dr. Batar's perspective on this and a whole lot more. Remember, he's the author of The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, international bestseller, great gift for the holidays and the new year. Also, forced flu shots? Not if Dr. Batar has anything to say about it. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show.
dashing hopes of a final decision Friday, Judge Joseph Johnson ordered that Justina Pelletier remain in Massachusetts state custody through the holidays. Sources say the judge will not decide on custody until next year at the earliest. Incredible, huh? Uh, Dr. Batar, by the way, this is one of our usual segments. Usually he's able to clear his schedule, and he just had to go take care of a patient. So I can't argue with that. He's got to. He'll be back momentarily, he says. He promises. So we'll see. Hopefully everything's yes. good. Uh, anyway, drbatar.com is a great way to, if you'd like to go see him, and uh, wonderful, wonderful what he's doing uh, in his uh, Charlotte area, North Carolina area. Hope to see him next week. We might be in person for a live broadcast next week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see. So we got this uh, uh, Justina Pelletier, Pelletier. How do you pronounce the last name? I mean, they basically... Pelletier. Okay, so they take take her prisoner here. Dr. Batar, you're with us again? You normally would be doing. So think of your engine now is revving at a lower idle. If your mm-hmm. engine revs at a lower idle, that engine will last longer, right? That's all yeah, we're I doing. Think... We're making this system more efficient to rev our engine lower. We also make our heart more efficient. We decrease peripheral vascular resistance. Remember, that's the resistance that the heart has to overcome in order to pump the blood throughout the body. We do all these different things, and the list goes on and on and on. I did a search for the number of. Hello. Now we were. He was on hold. That was his on hold <laughs> message, Tom. I was like, dude. Oh, that was great, <laughs> Doctor Vitar. You were your, your on hold message was just on the air. I'm sorry. I'm glad people seem to like it anyway. Some people say it's actually better than me in real life. So that was absolutely funny because like, Tom goes, "Okay, I've got I've got Doctor Batar on," and he brings you up, and you're like talking about the heart and circulation and blood and all this great stuff. stuff. Like, hey, this is cool. Yeah, hey, what, I guess we're gonna talk about heart and heart conditions and stuff now. Well, we we thought it was you. We didn't realize you he was there. You're the whole thing. That's awesome. Well, the Memorex version. The Memorex version is just as good. Hey, listen, I want to play a clip here. I know, again, you're dancing between patients here uh, about this uh, Justina Peltier case up there in Boston, how the state's moving in to lock her down. Go ahead and run clip two so Dr. Batar can hear it as well. Whenever there is a child welfare issue involved, the state is going to shoot first and ask questions later. The, the standard for the state is going to be what is in the best interest of this child. They were the state was alerted because doctors are mandatory reporters. So the doctors alert the state. The state swoops in. They have a child who's basically not thriving and not eating. I think that was the big issue for the state. She could have starved to death. So they took custody of this little girl. Ten months later, the good news is she's still alive. But we don't know how this case is going to result. So what do you think? Is, is the state doing the right thing in this case? I, I just can't. I just can't find that to be the case. Well, I. Which case is this, Robert? Because this, this good news is the child is still alive. The question is, child is still alive based upon despite the government getting involved. Is that what she's trying to say? Well, they're 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 trying to spin it in this case that it's the same Justina, the the girl that's been held for ten months at Boston Children's based on <clears throat> initial diagnosis being uh, mitochondrial, and then they change it to somatoform and take possession of the child. I think it's a big stretch to say she would likely die if she was not in that hospital setting getting psychiatric drugs. It's just like that child, the Amish child that was taken. They said she was going to be dead in six months, and of course she's not dead in six months, and she's doing very well. But there's still a 
warrant out for the arrest of her parents, I think it is, or something? Well, the, the, the good news is there that the uh, state-appointed guardian has backed off, and the hospital, Akron Children's Hospital, is running from this thing as fast as they can because the publicity was so bad. And the fact that this child is now cancer-free, having been not treated with chemotherapy, but I think it's a little more difficult to do it in Boston, a big center that is like the, you know, the heart of the, the medical industrial complex in many ways. Yeah, well, that's very true. I think that there will be more and more of these Gestapo-like agents that make statements that are, that are irresponsible. I mean, she even comes out and blatantly says that we will shoot first and ask questions later. Well, you know, it's amazing that they would even admit something like that because we, we all know that shooting first and then asking questions later is inherently, by definition, the wrong thing to do. And especially when it comes to a child, my simple question to any reasonable individual on this planet would be that do you think that the government would ever be capable of providing a better solution for my child than I could, that I as a parent could? Or ask anybody, do you as a parent think that the government knows better for your child or you do? And I would venture to say that 90% plus would say that they do, and maybe 10% that are maybe in dire straits right now may think that the government could provide better for the child than they could. But the vast majority would say themselves. And therein lies the issue. Yes, that- yes. Well, we've got to take another break here, Dr. Bittar. Hopefully we can get them in between patients. It's an amazing day. And you can go to medicalrewind.com if you missed any of the Advanced Medicine Mondays that we do together, occasionally on a Tuesday. Also, if you want to hear them outside of the show, just call up and get put on hold, and you'll get some awesome Dr. Bittar as well. Stand by. Lots more to go. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Since the dawn of the processed food industry, you have been fed a lie. Food labels are not designed to inform you to hide things from you. This coming January, Natural News will reveal a groundbreaking discovery that will reshape the food industry forever. January 7, 2014. Naturalnews.com Because the truth cannot be kept secret any longer. psych ward has been apparently for the last 10 months what are this what are the parents supposed to do how are they supposed to argue that they were trying to do the right thing for their daughter you know they can't this is a fight between is it a mental issue or is it a physical issue and the doctors are the only ones who can really say whether it is or whether it isn't uh, it sounds a little bit like doctors playing god here uh, mm-hmm. as well as you know perhaps judge
Dr. Batar, what do you think, man? They're they're speculating. Doctors playing God? That would never happen. Yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. Hmm. You know, there's, a, there's a movie with uh, Alec Baldwin, and he plays a surgeon. And in that movie, uh, there's a scene where he's accused by one of the other doctors, you think you're God. And he says, I think I'm God? I think I'm God? He says, I am God. And that's unfortunately what the situation is, that many doctors... Uh, end up thinking that they have that God complex. But in this particular situation, as this example that you're giving, it's the government thinking that they're God, and they're superseding those that already think they're God, which is the doctors. Yeah, and of course, overriding the family, to, you know, the mom and dad saying, listen, we, we've got doctors we're already working with. Now, I, I wish there were more uh, uh, Dr. Batars out there that did advanced medicine, because rather than just saying, okay, it's a mitochondrial dysfunction, which may be real, we would start looking at the reason why there is mitochondrial dysfunction, uh, f- dysfunction which the docs at Tufts evidently are not trained to, to know. Yeah, exactly. And one of the issues, Robert, is also that that when a government or when a body goes against the doctors, this is something that I think that maybe the family's attorneys need to maybe explore, and, and I want to bring this other aspect up in a second, but when a government or when a body or any entity goes against a doctor, the way to make sure that you get them to back off is make sure that they understand that they are fully medically liable if they've gone against the opinion of a licensed medical professional. Not that having the license gives them any more ability or not, but in this particular context, the attorneys for the family should make sure that they put the government on notice that you have just gone against the medical advice. And this has already been held up, upheld in the Supreme Court where the FDA wanted to use certain, uh, they brought allegations against uh, Dr. Evers for using EDTA off-label. And the Supreme Court ruled, this was in like 1983, I think it was 1983 or 1984, Supreme Court ruled that the FDA did not have a license to practice medicine, and their job was to make sure that substances were safe to be used. But once they have established safety, that their ability to dictate what medications would be used for what type of situations, they didn't didn't have the ability to do that because they didn't have a license to practice medicine. Only a doctor could do that. And that's why EDTA was able to be used off-label for use as, as in chelation. But that's an important aspect for the defense attorneys for the family to use to accentuate that uh, issue. But the other point I wanted to make, though, that many times when people get into these type of situations, my father, who's an attorney, criminal attorney, said to me a long time ago, he said that there's no such thing as justice anymore in this world. There's no such thing as guilty or non-guilty, right or wrong. It all comes down to how good your attorney is. Mm. And that's something that we also have to really look at. You know, the right, if, if somebody can get, a reward from McDonald's for spilling hot coffee on themselves, then I think that that aspect of how good is your attorney comes into play. Because as a rule, if your attorney isn't any good, they're going to get railroaded and, and run right over, and you're going to end up losing your ability to stand up and, and protect your family and, and stand up for your own belief and your own rights. So you really do have to make sure that you have competent legal mm-hmm. representation. Well, another layer to this, Dr. Batar, is like, for instance, healthcare providers, doctors, nurses who are becoming aware of some of these issues that we talk about each week. And there's a, a Pennsylvania mother of one child. She has a second child on the way. She also is a nurse. And she, re- she was fired recently for refusing the flu shot because she was concerned that it could harm her developing baby. 
And, and so it's not just the parents of children, but it's the medical professionals themselves that are coming under fire here. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, Washington State, and I believe the other state was New York State, had the nursing associations of those two respective states that filed lawsuits and went all the way to the Supreme Court of each of those states uh, in the case of the H1N1. Now, of course, we never talked about it because we didn't know about it at the time, and, and of course, mass media didn't, the, the mainstream media didn't talk about this either. But both those cases had a lot to do with why H1N1 ended up falling by the wayside. And I think that we would have had 20 million, I'm sorry, 60 million deaths in the United States alone were it not for the fact that people ridiculed H1N1 and refused to take it. But the projections made by Mm -hmm. even the president who got in front of the entire nation and made that forecast that 60 million people were going to die, remember they said 20% of the American population was going to die because of the H1N1. And I think that that's exactly what would have happened if people had taken the H1N1 flu. But it was the nurses' associations in those two states that set the legal precedence for people not having to be, or at least healthcare providers, not taking the H1N1. And so I think there's a lot of issues like this nurse, what you're talking about, that go on. We don't know about it. And uh, many of these people do the right thing, and they give up their jobs, and they find different vocations but a lot more are probably being bullied and coerced into taking these shots that they don't believe in and they don't know inherently and intuitively are wrong for themselves and for their unborn children. Right. Now, we talk about evidence of harm. You've seen it firsthand with your son initially with the vaccines and what you had to do to overcome it and what you've done since then. Uh, this nurse recognizes it doesn't want it. Uh, some of these family members up in, in, in Boston didn't know about it. Uh, the Hirschberger family in Ohio and Akron, they found out and, thank God, got out of the country before the judge's ruling had come down or else they would have lost their child to chemotherapy. Uh, so there's a, a grand awakening. At the same time, the, the heavy hand of the state and the state church, which is modern medicine, pushing down these mandates in, in such a way. And, of course, the question of harm now, we're seeing all of the publicity about supplements causing even liver failure. And I'm thinking the FDA has a just a, a bang-up track record in determining safety, much less efficacy, considering that their drugs properly used, administered, and prescribed have been known to be causing at least 106,000 to 225,000 deaths a year. Yeah, I mean, they, their uh, track record speaks for themselves, so we don't really need to even talk about that. But it amazes me, Robert, how millions of people can die from one thing, nobody questions it, and then one person has an adverse effect from something, and everybody jumps all over it. You know, EDTA had one death reported in 40 years, and they were talking about how dangerous chelation is, and at the same time, Biox kills 55,000 people before it's taken off the market, and nobody bats an eye. Mm -hmm. So the... Media, that's one reason this journalistic integrity or the lack thereof within journalism has always been a you know, focus of mine, and that's one reason I really appreciate what you do, and that's one reason I make myself available to do this. You know, I think people may be surprised to know that I don't get paid to do this. Um, in fact, I'm surprised that I actually <laughs> don't get paid to do this. Robert, that's a hint. But the issue that is really prevalent in my mind is that there's a, there's a quote, and I, I hope I get this right. The only thing in order for evil to persist is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when there is somebody out there that's putting forward an effort and has for decades like you have to get this information out when nobody else is willing to or able to get this information out, that the rest of us that can contribute should avail ourselves to assisting you in, in, this, uh, in this mission. And 
you know, one of the little parts of the introduction when it says that I'm on a mission from God. Uh, yes. I guess, John, you put that together. It, it really is a mission right. from God. And you know that I've told you before that I believe that there's no more holy work than than the physical healing of the body, emotional, psychological healing of the body, the actual helping of an individual with a health issue, to me, yes. is the most holiest of jobs. Well, it's true, and that's why we'll stop anything and everything to try and help somebody who is, you know, putting out their hand that genuinely is ready for that healing to occur. It is our mission, and it is our passion. We share it, and that's why we have such a good time each week. And I hope you all out there appreciate the time, like I said, in between patients, Dr. Batar is jumping in here to help us out in this regard. Now, I think uh, if he wasn't, I'd, I'd start drinking, <laughs> and, and I don't drink. But the reason I say this, this is a weird story, Dr. Batar. According to Medical News Today, moderate, I don't know what that means, how they define it, moderate alcohol consumption actually boosts your immune system. Now, before you jump in, the question is, how did they determine this? Super Don, what did they do to figure this thing out? Well, it was interesting. They, uh, they taught monkeys and trained monkeys to consume alcohol freely. Was this like medical board uh, members? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that makes and sense this, now. That was the whole reason why I even stopped on this story, because, you know, every season they come out with, you know, wine's good for you, wine's not good for you, and they keep going back and forth and stuff. But in this particular one, the way that they did it was they took these monkeys and they trained them to just go ahead, go go have some booze whenever you feel like it type thing. And then they, you know, they, it, it gets more into the study. But the fact that they trained monkeys to drink alcohol freely, I couldn't pass this one up. It's a bizarre story. Actually, you know, they didn't have to really go. To, first of all, to get monkeys in a study, it's very expensive. They could have probably gone to any college and gotten any number of monkeys <laughs> or any board, gotten any number of monkeys and, and done the Swing by a keg party and just throw some people in the back of the van, right? Yeah. Exactly. They would have probably gotten people to pay them to be involved with this study. Here's some free alcohol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kid, you know? That is true. Oh, my gosh. But, again, I, you know, and they tied it into a smallpox vaccine. They gave these monkeys a smallpox, and then they found the group that drank alcohol, the group that didn't, so one did sh- sugar water, and, and, and somehow they determined that drinking is now good for you. Now, we recognize that alcohol is a normal metabolite. In other words, it's not a foreign thing like a lot of the nasties that are added to the food, and the FDA says, no problem, go ahead. Uh, but certainly excess alcohol consumption would indeed damage the liver long-term, so maybe there's a short-term gain because it thins the blood. I don't know. Oh, that's that's an interesting observation, Robert, and you could have many things like that that actually could have had a had a small little side effect. I mean, we know that wine, for example, the resveratrol and the the proanso, the proanthocyanidins and the legocyanidins inside alcohol have a very you know, potent antioxidant effect, but to really put that towards the benefit towards all alcohol, I just, you know, that's a hard, hard swallow for me. The, the mm-hmm. problem is that alcohol, one of the metabolites of alcohol is formaldehyde. Right. Formaldehyde is an embalming fluid, it's a preservative, and it's just very difficult on the liver to process that out. We know. Right. That- no, that's where they get to the concept of pickling. Listen, we've, we've, we've got a major event coming up in 2014, perhaps the biggest event of the year. Why? Because guess what? Dr. Batar is going to be there. I'm going to be there. We hope you're going to be there. It's Autism One in May 2014. We're going to give you another sneak preview with Dr. Batar after we come back from this break. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank <laughs> you. 
You know, you'd think that Advanced Medicine Mondays would be routine by now, but leave it to Dr. Batar to generate some excitement. We've been on the roller coaster today between patients, and I uh, appreciate him uh, sticking out. I hope his patients appreciate the, the word we're getting out to the rest of the world. We know that folks love it, and we do too. Uh, Dr. Batar, big events coming up as well in 2014. Uh, we don't have any advanced medicine seminars on the calendar yet, but we're really excited about being together at the Autism One Conference in May in Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. By the way, the reason this Monday is a little bit different than the other Mondays is because this is a short week, so I was trying to uh, you know, get some of the, since we won't have enough time to do everybody's care that we need to, that's one reason I kind of overbooked on Monday. So that's the only reason it's uh, hectic like this. That's why normally we don't have the excitement. But, Robert, if you want that kind of excitement every Monday, we could probably <laughs> arrange for that. We could arrange it. I don't know. The, you know, the, we talk about cardiovascular disease. I don't want to go down that road. Well, we won't have to, but, uh, yeah, Autism One should be a fantastic event. We've got a lot of uh, people that are interested. We're doing actually a workshop for doctors and a workshop for parents there, so it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited equally for both. I mean, I can look at one and just go, dude, this is going to be awesome. But particularly, you're bringing some information to the parents as well, the community of non-doctors that need this accessible so that they can do things. Because, listen, even if you train a number of doctors there, which you will, there's not going to be enough to meet the demands yet, and there won't be for a long time. Yeah, the aspect for the parents' part is actually the most exciting for me, Robert, because there are certain things that people can do within 24 hours of learning this information where they will start to be able to see a benefit in their child. And it's not even a medical component. In other words, it, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, obviously. We don't have time to do that. But there are certain things that a parent, once, once this is demonstrated to them, it opens up an entire new world, and they don't even realize because they haven't been told that they, there is a, another aspect to this that they can actually help to benefit the child. Even if the child doesn't get actual medical intervention, which obviously that's where you're going to get the regeneration of the neurons and the removal of the toxicity, et cetera, et cetera. But they are behavioral aspects that can be modified almost immediately, and it's, it's amazing. I've seen parents literally break down physically and start crying when they see the change in their child in the exam room the first day that I've ever seen them. Mm. Yeah, it'll be a godsend to be there uh, to get, release this information in person this way. And then there's a lot of innovation that's occurring. And, of course, if you know Dr. Batar's story, we've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, and if you don't know the story, my goodness, you haven't read The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, the international bestseller. We've got that linked up in the show notes as well, blasting out through the social media. And, of course, MedicalRewind.com. If you miss the show, it's easy to access and go directly directly there. Now, on the liver issue, we talk about vaccines and heavy metals, of course, other drugs, things that damage the liver. We just mentioned the alcohol issue, uh, the supplement thing, all over the news. They in the, in the story we reported on, they talked about the bodybuilding supplements. And if you know anything about those supplements, there's very little real food supplementation going on in there. And then they combine that with the weight loss extreme, like green tea isolates like the catechins. But if the green tea is coming from China, we know it's contaminated with heavy metals as well, but they never bring that into the story. Yeah, the the various aspects of nutritional supplements and where they come from can have a huge impact, Robert. Just, just that one point I'll comment on because we know that Lipoic acid, for example, is a substance that can be gotten from Italy, from China. There's about four different major sources of lipoic acid. Uh, and the reason I'm using China and Italy as the two extremes is because the Italian source is very clean, very pure, whereas the Chinese source has a lot of contamination in it, which in itself may or may not be crucial. But when you're giving some of these supplements in an intravenous format, it makes a huge difference. It can be 
extremely detrimental to give somebody contaminated substances, in, in, especially when you've you know gone through the process of purification and uh, filtration and making into an IV process. But then if the raw product was not pure, you can have other issues. So to me, purity of the constituents of some of these supplements is a big criteria, and mm-hmm. quite possibly it, you could say that nutritional industry is the most bastardized industry when it comes to claims because there are companies that claim certain components in their nutritional supplement products, and we know that it doesn't even it costs more just for the bottling process alone than what they're selling the entire product for. So there's no possible right. way they have that raw constituent within the product. So there, there is some legitimacy to that concern. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mike Adams, he's got this new Natural News Forensic Foods Lab. The things that he's finding in the supplements, it's not that we're saying all supplements are perfect, pure, and clean, but relatively speaking, the number of deaths and injuries coming from the drugs that are approved and regulated by FDA, it's not even a contest. Well, Dr. Batar, we did it. We made it through Medical Rewind and the Advanced Medicine Monday in the, the strangest way possible, but it was a lot of fun. It's unbelievable how fast it went today. It feels like we were only on the air for 15 minutes. Yeah, well, no methamphetamines involved, I promise you. This is just the flow <laughs> of spirit and healing coming out from Dr. Batar, RSB, Super Don, Tom on the board. Until next week, Dr. Batar, Merry Christmas to everybody. And the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.